Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on Rita Ora, Andy Samberg, Elliot Page, Drake, BTS, and a whole lot more. Let's get started. Roll it. J.A.G. Up on the blog and I'm chilling up in NYC. Up on the train and the radio was all I need. In the fuse and celeb news, I let see. This entertainment. Who became famous? Number one source of pop culture. Radio or not, we gon' chase it. That's entertainment. Save adolescents from the ghetto conversation. Gotta make a change in that's entertainment. Wednesdays afternoon at 1 p.m. So baby, don't forget the tune. The bins is nice, the jacks is the better cruise. There is no karma win, cause you plan to lose. Smooth, just like that. Tammy Jones do it best, mom, just know that. Been blessed by the Lord once, wait on that. Blog radio, the speakers better be on max. Real facts, if it's whack, we'll speak on that. Just celebrity news, a new feed, and my melody too. So Tammy, you back up me, I back up you. That's entertainment for your head, baby, just come through. She's on air now. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way it will send you a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, the call-in number is 347-637-2656, and press the number 1, that's 347 637 Seven two six five six and press the number one. You can also, uh, if you have a comment, you can also put it in the chat room. The chat room is now open. And if you're going to make a call, please be serious about it. You know, we get a lot of calls. We get a lot of crank calls, uh, being people being rude and obnoxious and saying some very nasty things. So if you're going to be calling up and you're going to be doing those kind of things, you're going to be immediately muted. So please. Do not do that. You know, I work hard on this show. I work hard to try to give you the latest since what's going on in the world of entertainment. So please, be serious about it. Also, um, if you want to follow us on, uh, like us on Facebook, we have a Facebook page. It's www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. You can also follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain one That's T-H-A-T-S, Entertain, and the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14, like the high hill, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and the number 14. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Gibbs. T-J-O-N-E-S-G-I-B-B-S. Right now the current temperature in the NY is a cloudy and cold 43 degrees. Uh, Before I get started with the show today, I want to give a special shout-out to all my listeners out there. Thank you once again for taking the time out of your schedule to hang out with me on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Thanksgiving is over. I hope you guys had a blessed Thanksgiving. I hope you had a lot to be thankful for. And now the holidays are upon us. You know, we got Hanukkah coming up, we got Christmas, we got Kwanzaa, and we got New Year's. So uh, very busy uh, for the next couple of weeks. A lot of people are shopping online, uh, a lot of deliveries. People are getting their holiday shopping in really early because, you know, because of the COVID-19 and the pandemic, the deliveries are coming in a lot more slower. Uh, also, too, uh, we... 
we still got a crisis among us. I know that um, people didn't take heed to the warning about visiting families over the Thanksgiving holidays. They said uh, a lot of people went and took it upon themselves to go visit family. So in the next 14 days is very crucial because as obviously the numbers are still going up. Uh, they said there's a vaccine. Pfizer is getting ready to sh- uh, send shipments out uh, to healthcare workers and doctors in the coming weeks. I heard that the U.K., shout out to all my listeners in the U.K., they are, matter of fact, they're rolling out their vaccine uh, in a few days, as, as soon as um, as we're speaking upon it, they're rolling it out in just a few days. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of the general public are going to have to wait. I know here in the United States, uh, the general public won't be getting it until, like, next spring. And remind you, you got to get two doses of this vaccine, too. So, uh, I mean, it looks promising, but, you know... Meanwhile, there's still people suffering, dying. I know the numbers here in New York has slowly been creeping up. Uh, the governor, Andrew Cuomo, has really been a strong leader informing us of what's going on here in New York City as well as New York State, how our numbers are looking. Uh, I know that uh, children are once again been sent back home because the uh, certain percentages, you know, when there's a certain percentage here in New York, they close the schools down. But I heard next week they're going to let the pre-K and kindergarten children go, go return next week. So we'll see. Um, how is everybody doing? It is Wednesday. It's midweek, only a few days before the weekend is here. This week we're going to be talking about, uh, as we, you know, we, I was just talking about uh, last week on the show how people are not taking this virus seriously. Uh, they're still having parties. They're still having get-together. Get and one celebrity in particular, Rita Ora. Rita Ora is now apologizing because she, was slammed for hosting an illegal 30th birthday party during uh, the U.K.'s lockdown. That's right. So we're going to be talking about what she said and how, and how ironic because her mother is a health care worker. Isn't that ironic? Andy Samberg um, insists that the new season of NBC Brooklyn Nine-Nine won't shy away from tackling serious problems, and one of those problems is police brutality. I'll tell you what he said. And uh, in the wake of Elliot Page, you know, the actress um, Ellen Page, formerly known as Ellen Page, she came out yesterday, Tuesday, to say that she's uh, she's 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 becoming a transgender person and a lot of people were wondering well how would this affect her character on the Netflix series The Umbrella Academy I'll tell you what uh Netflix is planning to do when it comes to her character and uh for $80 how how would you like to smell like one of your favorite rappers well for $80 you can smell like Drake that's right. I'll tell you what is his new uh he's capitalizing on on uh, his latest venture. And the we're going to be talking about the the biggest boy group in the world, BTS. That's right. 
I'm a big fan of BTS. I'm part of the BTS Army. Well, apparently the costumes that they wore in their hit music video, Dynamite, is going to be auctioned to raise funds. And uh, and also congratulations on them because their new album B has landed on the top of the Billboard 200 charts. So, um, and and uh, also this week we're going to be talking about Kelly Clarkson. She's opening up about her divorce from her music manager husband. And Billie Eilish is putting internet trolls in their place. I'll tell you what she's doing, and I think it's a great thing. And. Um, there is a, a romance buzzing again between Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. That's right. I told you a couple of months ago, I knew they were very close. I knew they were very good friends. But I didn't know they had were dating secretly on and off. And now that the rooms are sparking once again. So let's, without further ado, let's get started. Uh, Rita Ora has pulled out on an appearance on a top-rated U.K. chat program called The Johns and Ross Show after she was slammed for hosting an illegal 30th birthday party during lockdown, okay? The singer whose mother is a frontline health worker, she has now apologized for inviting friends to a party at Casa Cruz in London on Saturday, November 28th, four days before London lockdown was lifted, and she has since paid a hefty fine to police for breaking the rule. A spokesman for the Metropolitan Police told Mail Online that police were called at 9.10 p.m. local time there on Saturday, November 28, to report of a potential breach of COVID regulation at a commercial premises in Clarendon Road, West 11, or W11. Now, officers attended and carried out inquiries at the scene, and they found no record of any offense being committed. London's strict lockdown will end on Wednesday. In her apology, Rita called her action a serious and inexcusable era of judgment. Aura was reportedly set to appear on Ross' weekly show before Christmas. See, a lot of people, and once again, I said this last week, a lot of celebrities think that, um, I don't know, they feel, what, privileged, entitled to break the law because who they are. And we have a lot of local people. I I just heard on the news uh, there's a bar in Staten Island where here in New York, a lot of businesses, especially bars and restaurants, they have a 10 p.m. curfew to shut everything down. But apparently the, this bar in Staten Island was serving drinks way past 10 p.m. NYPD had to come in and shut it down, and they had to arrest the owner. And, you know, it's like people feel, you know, people feel that, oh, you know, you're messing with my livelihood, you know, I should be able to do whatever I want, you know, this is a free country. Yeah, but we have a health crisis. There's a reason why they're telling you to shut down your businesses at 10 p.m., so that you won't create a lot of crowds coming in to slow the spread, to stop these places from being super spreaders. And just like last week I said on my show, there's two types of Americans. There's the people who care and give a damn by the next person, and then there's people who are just selfish and don't give an F. Um, Coming up, there's going to be a story about, speaking of people who do care, there's a story coming up about uh, our favorite actor, um, 
uh, uh, I can't even think of his name right now, um, George Clooney, sorry, George Clooney, where he had to drop out of a movie to make sure that he didn't bring COVID-19 home and infect his children. And see, and that's what I'm talking about. He's not thinking about his money and about, oh, this is going to be another big hit for me. He's thinking about his family, and that's what it's all about. It's not trying to stop anybody from living. It's not like you um taking away your freedom. We have a pandemic out here, and we're trying to stop these places from being super spreader because all it takes is one person. All it takes is one a systematic person to walk into an establishment and spread and get everybody infected. But people are forgetting that. People are really seriously forgetting about that. All it takes is one person. So that this George Clooney story is going to be coming up. Um, Andy Samberg, uh, he insists that the new season of NBC Brooklyn Nine-Nine won't shy away from tackling serious problems like police brutality. Earlier this year, producers made the decision to scrap the first episodes they had planned to film for the latest installment of the show because of an ongoing police brutality and systemic racism which sparked the Black Lives Matter movement in the U.S. and beyond. And speaking to Variety, Samber, who portrayed Detective Jake, Jacob Jake Sherlock Peralti and also served as a producer on the show, insisted that the new series would be honest about what is going on in the world. And this is what Andy Sandberg said, quote, The challenge is going to be being honest about what is going on in the world and not shying away from the fact that there are serious problems and also not punishing viewers who like our show and care about our characters. He also added that he believes their characters need to examine their roles in the world. They're going to be forced to look in the mirror and see who they complicit with. Now, I, they don't say when the new season will appear, but um, I had the privilege of talking with some of the stars of the show. Um, if you want to go back and check, I, I interviewed, uh, talked with um, Chelsea Ferretti, who was no longer on the show. I interviewed her. Um, I also interviewed uh, two other characters on the show. I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but if you want to go back and check the uh, the archives, and later on I'll look up the names. Uh, I can't even think of their names. My memory's getting shot here. But, uh, yeah, Andy Samberg said that they're going to take it. I mean, they, it's still going to be a funny show. It's still comedy, but they're going to also address certain issues that's never been seen or talked about, especially when it comes to a comedy. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, right now we have 15 minutes after the hour. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week between 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time, I give you the latest of what's going on in the world of Hollywood from everywhere, from celebrity news, anything in the movies, TV, you name it. So um, if you like the show, you're a first-time listener of the show and a listener of BTR, all you have to do is sign your name up. You can get it's free, and uh, you get to just click on the button on the top of the show page as a reminder to let you know when I broadcast live and when the show comes on. Um in the wake of Elliot Page, previously was known as Ellen Page, coming out as a transgender, people might have been wondering how would it affect 
his character on the Netflix series The Umbrella Academy. However, fans apparently don't have to worry as nothing changed much despite his new identity. Now, according to Variety, the actor will continue playing the role of Vanya Hargreaves, a cisgender woman who has superpowers involving evolving sound. An insider who claimed to do uh, claimed to the site that the series doesn't plan on changing the character's gender. One thing that Netflix has planned to change is Elliot's credit name. While it has already been updated on the Umbrella Academy IMDb page, the streaming giant is reportedly in the process of updating Elliot's name in the metadata across all titles he is involved with that are available to watch on the streaming service. Elliot announced his new identity on social media on Tuesday. Drake is further capitalizing on his fame with his latest venture. The Canadian artist has joined the list of celebrities who are getting into scented candle businesses by launching his own candle line called Better World Fragrance House. Now, much of his fans delight one of the candle variant smells. Uh, one of the candles actually smells like him. Carby Musk, which is tagged at $80, is described as an introspective, as in an interpretation of your beautiful self, yet introverted on, as how you would want others to see your bold and brilliant side. It features notes of musk, ambers, cashmere, suede, and velvet, and actually smells like Drake or the personal fragrance he'd wear, which inspired BWFH. The candle includes Good Thoughts, Sweeter Things, Williamburg Sleepover, and Muskoka. They all are sold out on the Revolve website, except for the Carby Musk variant. Uh, The other four variants are priced at $48. Now, Drake teamed up with the fragrance house Juvanin for BWFH, and during a September episode of Revolve You, Perfumers and fragrance expert uh, Michael Carby of the Swiss Fragrance House shared that he and his team have recently met with uh, Drake, and the two had hit it off during a chat about similarities between writing songs and creating fragrances. Now, Drake first dropped a hint about the candle line in June, posting it on his Instagram story, a cryptic photo of four giant blue candles on what appeared to be his dining room table. Now, Drake has been sending the candles to his celebrity friends, including Toronto Raptors player Norm Powell, Fred Van Fleet, and Kyle Lowry, uh, Stephen Curry, and Aisha Curry, as well as Keelani. Mm. And the costume worn by BTS in their music video Dynamite are set to go under the hammer to raise funds for musicians in need. The members of the K-pop band are giving fans the chance to own the garments, including the T-shirts, hats, sneaker pants, and shirts they sport in, they sport in the clip's final dance sequence. Now, Julian auction bosses will sell the items as part of the Music Care Charity Relief Auction, with proceeds helping those working in the music industry who have been impacted by by COVID-19. News of the kind just to come as the group is celebrating its first Grammy Award nod. Dynamite was nominated in the Best Pop Dual Group Performance category last week. The costumes are estimated to fetch between 20000 to 40000 at the auction. And this is the first time BTS has ever sold any costume, according to the Martin Nolan Executive Director of Julian Auctions. 
The sale will be held at julianauctions.com on January 29, 2021 at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Dynamite debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, becoming the band's first number one single in the United States and making BTS the first all-South Korean act to top the Hot 100. They also landed their first Grammy nomination for Best Pop Dual Group Performance with the song. And speaking um, about that, uh, they also they also release. Um, the matter of fact, they actually re- they said that on November twentieth, they already had distributed two hundred and forty two thousand equivalent Alba units earned in the U.S. in the week ending November twenty sixth, according to Nielsen Music. B joined BTS other four number one albums, including Map of the Soul 7, Map of the Soul Persona, Love Yourself Answer, and Love Yourself Tears. So this is their fifth number one album. This is marking their fifth number one album on the top of the Billboard 200 chart. So congratulations to them because it's so well-deserved. These boys, they're talented, they work hard, and they deserve it. They really do. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion, my girl, she debuted her full-length album, Good News, arrived at number two with 100 uh, thousand equivalent album units earned, and trailing behind is Ariana Grande's position, which ascended one spot to number three with sixty-one thousand equivalent album units earned. And Pop Smoke former leader Shoot for the Star, Aim for the Moon also rises from number five to number four with fifty-two thousand equivalent album units. Meanwhile, Future and Lil Uzi Vert uh, Pluto. And Baby Pluto dipped number dipped to the three spot from number two to number five with forty six thousand units. And rapper Lil Wayne he has reconciled with his former girlfriend Denise Badat I think that's how you pronounce it after they were driven apart by politics. The lollipop hitmaker apparently dumped the model in the days leading up to the presidential election on November 3rd after he met with Republican leader Donald Trump and voiced his support for the incumbent, while Badat made it clear on social media that she was voting for Democratic nominee Joe Biden, the now president-elect. After early reports suggested she had been the one to break off the relationship, Biden took to her Instagram story timeline. I'm sorry, Badat took to her Instagram story timeline to insist that wasn't the case. Writing, "Quote: Imagine being dumped over an IG post that expressed my political views and encouraged people to vote. It's definitely 2020." Unquote. However, it appeared that the couple split didn't last long, and now Wayne and Badat are back together. She initially went public with their romantic reunion last week as she shared a photo of the hip-hop star in the recording studio and captioned it, quote, Morning with Bay." Now, Badat subsequently posted a selfie from the rapper's car, and over the weekend she congratulated her man following the release of his new mixtape, No Ceiling 3. The two previously sparked reconciliation rumors after Badat followed Tunchi again on Instagram. Uh, they were unfo- un- they were unfollowing each other earlier in November amid the breakup speculation. Mm. 
Kelly Clarkson has opened up more about her horrible divorce from music manager husband Brandon Blackstock uh, five months after she walked away from her unhappy marriage. The breakaway songstress stated that she did not want other people to go through what she went through. The 39-year-old talked about what it was has been like going through a public divorce in her Tuesday, December 1st episode of The Kelly Clarkson Show. Now, during a discussion with Untamed author Glennon Dole and singer Alicia Keys, she shared, quote, It's horrible. There are so many hard parts. The hardest for me is the kids. I think as women, especially, we're trained to take it all on and deal with it, and you're fine. But it's your babies that you worry about, unquote. She then credited Glennon for giving her perspective from a line in the book. She said also, quote, this isn't happiness for both of us. I feel both of us deserve better, and neither one of us would want this for our children. The discussion came after the voice coach who filed for a divorce from Brandon in June gained primary custody of their two children, a six-year-old River and four-year-old Remington. The kids will live with with the singer in Los Angeles. They can still meet their dad on alternative weekends and visit him in Montana only on the third weekend of the month. Now, Kelly is a strange husband, however, was reported to request, get this, $436,000 a month in spousal and child support from her. Now, Brandon been equally unreasonable in his request for child and spousal support as well as attorney fees. That's what a source had told People Magazine. Kelly offered to pay for all the kids' expenses, but Brandon seems to think that he's entitled to and needs $301,000 in spousal support and $135,000 in child support per month. And, you know, this kind of reminds me of another uh, public divorce uh, when Mary J. Blythe, um, even though they, she and her husband didn't have kids, but the, he, he wanted all this money and spousal support so he can keep up with the the, the same uh, to keep up with the his living expenses like he was still married to to Mary J Bly Keanu I think that's his name and um and also keep up with the lifestyle that he was that his parents were used to to give you know to equal to the amount to continue with the lifestyle he was living while he was married to Mary J Bly and a lot of people say he got a lot of nerve because it's not like, you know, they have any kids. You know, why is she giving him so much money for spousal support? But, uh, you know, breaking up is very hard to do. Divorce is it's not pretty, you know. It's, it's, and even, even when you're not a celebrity, divorce is, is hell. It's, it's like a death. Some people describe it as is a death. So, you know, you feel for... Um, the celebrities, but I, I think they're going to be okay. But you know, just everyday people like us, you know, it's 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 like a death. It's hard, and especially if you have children. Um, so you know, we just wish them the best of luck. You know, right now we have uh, 26 minutes uh, after the hour. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, Billie Eilish. Uh, she has put Internet trolls in their place. And what she did, what the Grammy Award-winning artist did was she has been fat-shamed after a photo of her uh, went viral. And I'll tell you what she had to say about those trolls. And uh, just when fans have stopped speculation about the nature of their relationship, 
Rihanna ASAP Rocky has sparked dating rumors again. And a judge at a Pennsylvania Supreme Court awaiting an appeal to Bill Cosby's sex assault conviction. And Steve Carell is suiting up as Santa for a new festive short. All those stories and more coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere.
Tune in to That's Entertainment, the number one source of entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, right here on Block Talk Radio. We got 28 minutes left remaining in the show. That was new music from Megan Trainer featuring the baddest band in the land, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Holidays. You know, that's coming from her new holiday album. And, you know, since it's upon, the holidays is upon us, you know, what better way than to play some nice Christmas and holiday music? But, yeah, that's new from Megan Trainer featuring Earth, Wind, and Fire and Holidays. Right now we have here 28 minutes left remaining. And uh, before we went to the music break, I was telling you about Billie Eilish. She, she's getting ready, she, well, she is putting Internet trolls in their place. The Grammy Award-winning artist has been fat-shamed after a photo of her wearing a tank top and shorts went viral last month. And now the singer has once again clapped back at the critics. In an interview with Vanity Fair released on November 30th, the Therefore I Am songstress responded to a speculation that she quote, got fat after the picture surfaced online, stressing that that's how her body has always been. But people never noticed it before because she was often wearing baggy clothes. Now, she said... Um, she said that there's this picture of her running from her car to her brother's front door on a 110-degree day in a tank top. And people were like, damn, Billy, you got fat. And and, and she said, she's like, nope, this is how I always look. She said, you just never seen it before. And this was the most current rumor. Now, Billy says she didn't try to be an icon of body positivity, but she's glad that she influenced her fans to feel comfortable in their bodies. In an April 2020 interview with Days, Billy revealed she started wearing baggy clothes because of body insecurities. Though she had felt more confident in her own skin now, she continued rocking the style because she enjoyed it. And that's another thing, you know, we, you know, a lot of these celebrities, singers, artists, whatever, they, you know, they have to have a certain look about themselves. They have to be a size zero or a size three. They have to look a certain way, act a certain way. And but in real life, they're just like people. They and see, and that's another thing about the fat shaming. You don't know, and I hate when people fat shame, especially when it comes to some men who fat shame women, because you don't know what they're. What's going on with them You don't know if they got a thyroid problem You don't know if they had a baby recently You don't know if it's stress related Stop the fat shaming I remember I used to work as a a reservation agent At a uh, uh, five star hotel on the Upper East Side And the the hotel is called the Carlisle and the we they had a uh there was an artist there she's a, she was she's a cabaret singer and uh remember her the first night of her show you know she sing was singing standards the first night of the show they invite the press in and there was this one guy from the New York Times writing a piece about the show about her, the singer's show and in the piece he maybe mentioned about her beautiful voice and maybe a paragraph or a couple of sentences about her voice and the types of songs that she was singing. But there was like two whole paragraphs about how she looked, how, you know, she had gained weight, she looked a particular way, and and she had just recently given birth. 
So she was back off of maternity leave and doing her thing. But that was the only thing that you could talk about was how much weight she had gained instead of her beautiful voice or what type of standards she was singing or mention how, you know, the setting was nice, the ambiance. You know, you couldn't talk about that, but you could talk about how much weight she can't gain. And he didn't even know that she had just recently had a baby. So that's what I'm saying, you know, this fat shaming, you don't know what's going on. Um, in the case of Billie Eilish, um, that's probably the reason why she's been known to wear these baggy clothes because she knows the deal. You know, as a recording artist, and you know, I don't know if it's like that now, but back in the days when they were recruiting new artists and they had a little weight issues or they would recruit, they would, uh, kind of like a, almost like a boot camp, get them in shape because they wanted them to look a certain way. They had to have the, the right type of skin or the, they had to be the right size or they had to have the, the voluptuous body but a little tiny weight. There were certain images that they wanted to sell, like sex, sex sales. So when these recording uh, companies used to have these new artists, particularly women artists, they wanted them to groom them and shape them and mold them to look a certain way. Um, And we go back to Lizzo. You know, uh, Lizzo had been body shamed. You know, know, on the cover of her first album, she's naked in all her voluptuous glory. You know what I'm saying? She's not afraid of her curves. But people had an issue, you know, and I'm pretty sure that the record company, she probably had to go, and I'm just speculating, I don't know for sure, but she probably had to go back and forth with her record company about putting a picture like this as her first major album, her first project. But, you know, and the reason why a lot of women can relate to Lizzo and and love her so much because she is comfortable in her own skin. She don't have to be a size three to please anybody. She's uninhibited. This is her. Take it or leave it. And we got to recognize those women who say, hey, here I am. You know, you 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 you're buying my album for my songs, for my music, for my talent, not because I wear chose to wear baggy clothes or that I'm a size twelve. The same with BB Rexa. Uh, last couple, a couple of years ago, she uh, got some um, body shame by some of her fans too because. Um, no, not you know what it was. She was going to an award show and she couldn't find a designer. To she couldn't find a dress, and no designer would design a dress because at the time she was what a size eight or size ten, and that she was getting body shame. And by the way, she looked gorgeous. You know, she was recently uh, performing at the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade on her flow. She has that hit song with Doja Cat, looking gorgeous with her curves. So enough with the body shame, everybody. You know, it's it's not right. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what health issues they're going through. And they look damn good. We got to start accepting that everybody can't be a size zero or three. It's just not realistic. Um, just when fans have stopped speculation about the nature 
of their relationship. Rihanna and ASAP Rocky have sparked dating rumors again. Uh, the uh, the Bar- the Bayesian uh, songstress and the Harlem-born rapper who was dating on and off since 2013 have reportedly been spotted together in New York. Now, the only girl in the world hitmaker and ASAP Mob member was seen hanging out with a group of friends at the Beatrice Inn in West Village on Saturday night, November 28th. And according to Page Six, the two artists, who are both 32 years old, were having dinner with friends at the Beatrice Inn in New York, right here in New York, and were seated discreetly behind a curtain two days after Thanksgiving. On the same day, news about Re and Rocky New York outing surfaced, and People Magazine reported that they are dating again. Now, Re and Rocky, whose real name is Rakeem Myers, Myers uh, was first rumored to be an item in 2013 after the rapper served as the opening act for her Diamond World tour. He claimed that they were just friends at the time. The pair, however, sparked dating rumors again following the split from Chanel Iman in 2015. Rihanna was then in a long-term, a long-time relationship with Saudi billionaire Hassan Jamil since 2017, but after their split in January of 2020, she started hanging out with Rocky again, which led to the reconciliation speculation. Uh, they fueled the speculation with their flurry joint interview for GQ back in August. And judges at the Pennsylvania Supreme Court are weighing an appeal to Bill Cosby's sex assault conviction. The disgraced comedian is currently serving a three- to ten-year prison sentence after he was found guilty in 2018 of drugging and sexually assaulting Temple University staff member Andrea Constant in 2004. Now, Cosby, who has faced Sexual misconduct accusations from more than 50 other women in recent years have always maintained the encounter was consensual, and although the verdict was previously upheld by lower court officials, justices at the state highest court agreed to hear the case yesterday on Tuesday, December 1st. And during the virtual hearing, Cosby lawyer Jennifer uh, Bungeen argued that the actor wasn't giving a fair trial due to unqualifiable prejudice at the hands of prosecutors who should never have been allowed to introduce five other accusers to the witness stand to deliver unrelated, decades-old testimony about their own alleged assault, which authorities claim proved there was a pattern of predatory behavior. Bonjean also insisted that comments made by Cosby to authorities in 2005 and 2006 about using powerful sedatives on women he wanted to have sex with were only given as part of a disposition which a prior district attorney had promised would not result in criminal charges. Pennsylvania Supreme Court Justice Max Bear uh, shows some support for Bonjean as he listened to her argument, admitting that he tended to agree with the evidence that it was extraordinary prejudicial to their client, but their trial court discretion components there. Uh, His comment referred to trial judge Stephen O'Neill's decision to allow five accuser testimonies because it showed Cosby had a signature pattern of sexual assault. Meanwhile, legal representatives for the prosecution insisted that the conviction should stand as it has already been upheld by the Pennsylvania Superior Court, where appeals are typically handled, and a decision is expected to be delivered by the Supreme Court judges at a later date. Now, Steve Carell 
is suiting up as Santa for a new festive uh, short film. Uh, two minutes of the movie, the Funny Man's Christmas Gift Infinity film, uh, debuted during NBC broadcast of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on Thursday, November 26th, and now the full film is available online. Directed by I, Tanya, Craig Gillespie, the film features Corel Santa urging his elves to come up with better gift ideas to keep kids happy at the end of an awful 2020 via a video conference. As a new version of the Super Tramp Dreamer recorded by the band's frontman, Roger Hodgson, strikes up, the elves hit upon their idea to give the spirit of the holidays instead of traditional gifts. And before starring in the holiday movie, Steve Carell was seen on the big screen in a political comedy movie called Irresistible. It follows a Democratic strategist who tries to help a local candidate win an election for a small right-wing town. The actor will next star in the second Minions movie. He will once again lend his voice to the favorite supervillain Gru. The Minions, The Rise of Gru, was originally set to debut this summer, but it got pushed back to 2021 due to the pandemic. Right now we have uh, 15 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another music break, and I'll be back with the last remaining stories of the day, so don't go anywhere. Don't you know that
shout out to my girl Tori Kelly. That is new holiday music from her holiday album called The 25th. Beautiful, beautiful. And for the last remaining stories of the day, uh, George Clooney had to drop out of Steven Soderbergh's movie to make sure he didn't bring COVID-19 home and infect his asthmatic son. The Oscar win was looking forward to jetting off to make the movie Kill Switch with Don Cheadle and the filmmakers, but had to turn to the job turn the job down for the sake of his family health. Kill Switch, which has since been retitled No Sudden Move, featuring uh, Don Cheadle, Benicio del Toro, David Harbour, Amy Smith, John Hamm, Ray Liotta, Karen Culkin. Brandon Fraser and Matt Damon, among others. Cheadle, Soderbergh, Clooney, and Damon all worked together on Ocean 11, Ocean 12, and Ocean 13. Clooney is a dad to three-year-old twins, Alexander and Ella, with his wife, Amal. James Corden's performance in The Prom has drawn an ire of movie critics. The actor-comedian has sparked backlash for his offensive portrayal of a gay character in the Netflix musical film, which is directed by Ryan Murphy. In the upcoming movie, The Late Late Show, with James Corden host played a gay Broadway actor by the name of Barry Glickman, whose star is fading. Calling it miscasting, some critics believe that the role should have gone to Nathan Lane. Vanity Fair Richard Lawson wrote in his review that Cardin, quote, Cardin, Cardin is, who is straight, is so bad in the prom, somehow both appalling and terminally bland, unquote. He described the British star performance as flitting and lipsing around in the most unexpired of caricatures, misses all potential for nuance, and thus never find even a hint of truth in the role. Wow, ouch. Uh, Newsweek critic Samuel Spencer, he dubbed Card- Car- uh, James Corden's stereotypical performance as offensive, while the Hollywood Reporter critic David Rooney agreed that the cat star played a flaming gay stereotype and channeled a mannerism without the joy. As a result, is a flat performance without much heart. Wow, that was some vicious critics. Cr- critiques. Um, among the many critics, however, TV Guide writer Damon Holbrooks begged to differ. He praised Corden's performance as fantastic. Neither Corden nor Murphy has responded to the backlash. The prom centers on a fading Broadway star who are determined to make a high school student prom dream come true as part of a PR stunt to resurrect her public image. The star-studded cast also include Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, Keegan-Michael Key, Andrew Reynolds, and Kerry Washington, among others. Saved by the Bell reboot had made adjustments following backlash over scenes featuring references to Selena Gomez's kidney transplant. In response to fans' outrage, Peacock has now decided to remove the scenes. One of the scenes on the reboot saw two students at Bayside High arguing over whether the singer-transplant donor was her ex-boyfriend, Justin Bieber's mom, or singer Demi Lovato. Meanwhile, another scene features someone riding on the walls in the school hallway, does Selena Gomez even have a kidney? Fans of Selena, who are also known as Selenators, put the show on blast on Saturday, November 28th, in addition to trending Respect Selena Gomez on Twitter, demanding an apology from the show and network. Following the backlash, Peacock, NBC Universal, and the show executive producer released a joint statement in which they expressed remorse over the insensitive scenes, saying, quote, we apologize. It was never our intention to make light of Selena's health. We have been in touch with her team and will be making a donation to her charity, the Selena Gomez Fund for Lupus Research at USC. 
uh, Francia Reza, Selena's close friend as well as her kidney donor, reacted to the apology, writing on Twitter on Saturday. The Grownish star wrote, quote, appreciate the apology, but let's not forget about the donors that potentially felt offended and dismissed from the spray paint writing on the wall, unquote. Selena underwent a kidney transplant due to her lupus diagnosis back in 2017. And here's another favorite of mine, uh, actress, Australian actress star Isla Fisher. She, Keith Urban, and Eric Bana are joining forces to add their voices to a new animated project dubbed a love letter to their homeland. Back to the Outback, which also features Jackie Weaver, Guy Pierce, and Tim Minchin, will follow a group of animals who escape from a Sydney zoo seeking a remote home away from humans. Now, Fisher will reportedly voice a friendly snake in the film, while Urban will tackle a cane toad, and Minchin will play a koala. Now, Banna will voice a zookeeper named Chaz. Now, Isla Fisher has been spotted in Aussie with her husband, Sasha Baron Cohen. The couple who got married in 2010 share three children together. They are apparently moving their family down under as they enroll their kids in school in Sydney. And that's where the the, the two first met, actually. Uh, a Fisher, who grew up in Perth, made no secrets of her desire to move back to her home country to raise her children. In a 2018 interview, Fisher said, quote, I have the secret fantasy of slowing down, moving to Byron Bay, getting off the grid, and sitting on the sand with Vegemite sandwich, so sandwiches. Uh, unquote. Keith Urban also arrived in Australia with his actress wife, Nicole Kidman, and their daughter, uh, Sunday and Faith. Coincidentally, Nicole has been tapped for a new miniseries, Nine Perfect Strangers, which will be filmed in the country as well. Uh, I have fond memories of Australia, especially Sydney, because last year, one year to the day, I was there in Sydney, Australia, on a cruise ship, and I just loved it there. It was uh, it's late spring at this time of the year. And uh, very, it was very warm. It was like a hundred. It was a heat wave in Melbourne, and uh, I just loved it. The people was very friendly and nice, and I just hope to go there again one day, once this pandemic is uh, long, no longer around. Uh, Helena Boham Carter is keen for the crowd to stress that the show is not a drama doc, and events has been dramatized. The U.K. Culture Secretary, Oliver Dowden, uh, hit headlines over the weekend with his revelation that he's planned to write to Netflix to ask them to put a warning on the show about Britain's royal family for viewers to make it clear that it's dramatized. And now Helena, who uh, formerly starred as Princess Margaret in the program, has told the New York Post, page 6, that she agreed that it's important to make a distinction between our version and the real version. It is dramatized. She says that I do feel very strongly because I think we have a moral responsibility to say, quote, hang on, guys, this is not, it's not a drama doc. We're making a drama. So they are two different entities, she said. Uh, Princess Diana's brother, Earl Spencer, is among the other big names that have come, uh, have called for warning at the start of The Crown as season four depicts his late sister's relationship with her former husband, Prince Charles. Spencer told ITV, quote, I think it would help The Crown an enormous amount if at the beginning of each episode it stated that. This isn't true, but it's based around some real events. 
I worry people do think that this is gospel and that's unfair, unquote. The depiction of Charles in the program played by Josh O'Connor has apparently led to concerns that it could permanently damage the reputation of the future king. Paul McCartney is uh, going to be interviewed by Idris Elba for an hour-long BBC special covering his incredible life and career. The Fast and Furious present Hobbs and Shaw actor meets Paul McCartney will air on UK's TV on BBC One and BBC iPlayer this month. This show will also air as a radio broadcast on BBC Radio 2 and BBC Sound. According to a press release, the show will span Paul's first songwriting foray as a teenager through his rise to fame with the Beatles and his solo work right up to his new album, McCarthy 3, which is coming out on December 18. And another TV show has been affected by COVID-19. It has been reported that the CW... Holt production on season seven of The Flash in Vancouver after a team member tested positive for the novel virus. Deadline is the first one to report this. Now, while it remains to be seen whether the one who contracted the disease is one of the cast or the crew, the report states that the person is asymptomatic. The report further claims that the person is currently self-isolating. Sources also add that the studio is currently evaluating adjustment to the production schedule so that they can resume filming without the affected employee and those who had close contacts with the person. Season 7 filming of The Flash initially resumed on October 1st as the new season is set to debut on February 23rd, 2021. Now, this is not the first time for The Flash to make adjustment due to COVID-19. The network cut short season six because of the pandemic. For the first time in The Flash history, a season ended without the Tyler DC superhero defeating its main antagonist. The Flash joined other TV production, which was paused over COVID-19 concerns. Prior to this, CBS All Access, Why Women Kill, Apple TV Plus, Mythic Quest, ABC Call Your Mother, Amazon Bosch, TNT Claws and HBO The Glided Age uh, were among the TV shows which production was forced to get shut down. Also getting um, affected by the widespread virus were Netflix, The Witcher, Dear White People and Vikings, NBC Chicago Fire and Chicago Med, Fox The Resident, Peacock's Rutherford Falls, ABC For Life, CBS Young Sheldon, and Disney Plus Big Shot. Mariah Carey has recruited Tiffany Haddish to narrate the trailer for her upcoming Christmas special. The actress and comedian adapted the beloved Twas the Night Before Christmas tale for the new Mariah Carey magical Christmas special teaser, which featured clips of the pop superstar performing at a makeshift North Pole. The special featuring appearance from Ariana Grande, Jennifer Hudson, Snoop Dogg, Jermaine Dupri, and Carey's nine-year-old twins, Moroccan and Monroe, will hit Apple TV on December 4th. Ballet dancer Missy Copeland, comedian Billy Eichner, and mixes child star Mikhail Michelle Harris, they all do to make an appearance as well to help the diva on a magical journey to save Christmas after a tough year. 
Chris Brown was one of the four-time winners at the 2020 Soul Train Awards in Hollywood on Sunday night. The singer was named the night's best R&B soul male artist, while his Go Crazy collaboration with Young Thug nabbed best song, best collaboration, and best dance performance. Her, who went into the ceremony as the leading nominee with eight nods, picked up two. She was named best R&B soul female artist, while her protest track, I Can't Breathe, scored the songwriter's award. It was also a big night for former duet partners Monica and Brandy. Monica was named Lady of Soul, and Brandy picked up the coveted Certified Honor. Bad Bunny and The Weeknd are among the most streamed artists of 2020. Streaming giant Spotify has unveiled its annual rap list for the year, and the 26-year-old Puerto Rican rapper came out on top with more than 8.2 billion streams globally. Reacted to the news, Bad Bunny, whose real name is Benito Acasio, said, Wow, thank you. I don't know what to say. I'm so proud right now. What's more, the Undia One Day Star's second studio album, YHLQMDLG, is the most streamed album of the year, having been streamed an impressive 3.3 billion times over the past 12 months. The top five most streamed artists globally list is completed by Dre, J Balvin, the late Juice World and The Weeknd. The latter album, After Hours, Post Malone, Hollywood's Bleeding, Harry Styles' Fine Line, and Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia make up the top five most streamed albums along with YHLQMDLG. And The Weeknd also bagged the most streamed songs of 2020 globally and in the UK with Blinding Lights with almost 1.6 billion streams. And second place is Tone and I with Dance Monkey, followed by Roddy Rich, The Box, Roses, I'm in Back Remix by I'm in Back and St. John, and Dua Lipa, Don't Start Now. Elsewhere, Billie Eilish topped the most streamed female artist globally list for a second year consecutively. Well, that will do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Give. Have a great week. Make sure you stay safe, make sure you stay healthy, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care.